our sermon today is entitled The Goal of Faith Above the Snake Line. The Goal of Faith Above the Snake Line. And the reading thereof shall come from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18 to 24, and I'll be reading from the NIV version. So it says, You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to, a, to, or to such a voice, speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them, because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in, joy, in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better word than the blood of Abel. And allow me to welcome our very own pastor, Kasimu, who will be taking us through God's word today. Let us pray for him. Our Lord and Savior Jesus, we thank you so much for the privilege of sitting at your feet and being edified by your word. We ask that Pastor Kasim would be in your hand what this microphone is in mind to reverberate the very truths and oracles of God as you'd have him do. Glorify yourself in our midst, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, Pastor Kasim. And all those that have uh, participated before, I thank God for a morning like this. And good morning, church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that he has made very unique uh, in times like this. That are, those that are here with us this morning and those that are watching um, us uh, from your houses, from hospitals, from um, the prison, uh, from cars. Some of you are traveling and you're still walking with us. This morning, I welcome you to the sermon that like you've been told, the ultimate goal of our faith. And of course, we're reflecting um, upon those few verses in Hebrews as we come to the close of our series on uh, fighting uh, the, the, the giants of discouragement. And um, we continue uh, o -o -o looking at uh, the things that uh, the writer of Hebrews is uh, bringing across to us. And we have learned that Jesus, the captain of our salvation, has been very busy bringing many sons uh, to glory along the journey of faith. And he seems to be very busy. We have presented the image here of uh, our Lord who is very busy, currently very busy now, growing their faith through chastening and ministry opportunities. The apostle has already taken us back to the patriarchs of faith to see what their faith endured and what their faith actually achieved. We have already seen Enoch. We have been reminded about the doings of Abel and Abraham, Noah, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Gideon, and even Barak and Samson. This passage today aims to point us to the ultimate goal of faith, where Christ is leading 
and bringing us to. Because he's the captain of our salvation, he must be leading us somewhere. He must be leading us to a place. And this place is the goal of faith. And we want to understand, therefore, what is this? So the writer takes the style of an antithesis, ant antithesis or a strong contrast between the old and the new uh, Testament faith and uses the imagery of a mountain. Mountains are usually climbed upwards, isn't it? And uh, they have peaks which uh, the climber must aim that to be at the ultimate arrival is to be at the peak of the mountain. So the writer contrasts Mount Zion uh, with, um, with Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is where the natural Israelites actually are tempted to come to. And Mount Zion is actually the spiritual Israel. It is about the spiritual Israel which is presented as the church here and appears to be climbing. So Mount Sinai was the mountain for the natural Israel. They were climbing. They attempted to come near as they received the laws. But we have a new mountain called the mountain of Zion. So, um, uh, as, and, and the, the idea here is that we have heard that God has provided some better things. Some better things for us, for the new spiritual Israel. And that the natural Israel without us should not be made perfect. That even Daniel, that even uh, Abraham could not be made perfect without the, nature, the, the new spiritual Israel. So, talking about climbing spiritual mountains may i suggest to you that you you until you get to a point of operating above the emotional snake, snake line believer you will never be free from the giant of discouragement and despair we hear that uh, the greater obstacle to mountain climbers isn't too much about the heights of course heights is a, is a very big problem i have never made it uh, Mount Kenya. I hear people crying, but I fear the height. I imagine the height. And I know some of you would also be with me. But it's not so much of the mountain um, height, but we are told that what they fear is actually the fear of dangerous poisonous snakes on the mountain rocks. Very dangerous that they die very quickly. We've heard of people who have climbed and they have died very fast because they are really poisonous. But we also hear that there is a height or high altitude beyond which snakes cannot survive on those mountains. We hear that above this snake line, a climber can freely explore and tell the story while you get to that point where there are no snakes. Because as you climb, you are both fearing the heights and you are also fearing the poisonous snakes. But once you are there, free from the snake bite, you can actually explore and tell the story. At Mount Zion, we can now see these better things in the form of immunities and privileges to which we have been introduced by the gospel and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, as Simpson, uh, Simpson puts it. And the idea of operating above the discouraging snake lines, where fear and panic can't bite where confidence and total trust in the power of the blood dominates our life is the result of knowing that we are already experiencing these things, better things. And therefore, as we proceed, I want us to discuss two things 
that these better things that uh, the writer seems to be talking about is actually captured in two, in two uh, pieces. One, the place we have come to. This is what he is trying to explain. This is the place we have come to, and these are the people we have become. Two things, the place this, that our faith has brought us to, and the people that our faith has caused us to become. The captain of our salvation leading us through chastening and sufferings and very many panel beatings has already brought us to this place and has already brought us to a place where we feel we have become a people. And therefore, let's begin with uh, the, the first part, which is the place we have come to. We have come to the place of mercy. And this is uh, verses 18 to 22. For you have not come to the mountain that, the mountain that may be touched, and that burned with fire. And we see this in Exodus chapter 19, verses 10 to 25. It explains what it was like when Israel came to Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai was also referred to as the mountain of Moses. Or Mount Horeb, actually, if you like. And it is where the Ten Commandments were received. It was a mountain of terror. And Israelites wished that this experience could stop. This is what we're hearing here. The mountain was fenced off, and, uh, and there was no trespassing of pain of, uh, of death. And they were actually, Israelites were commanded to wash their clothes and abstain from sexual relations as they approached the mountain. They were, there was thunder, there was lightning, there was a thick cloud. There was the sound of trumpet calling for the nations to meet with God. There was more snake smoke like a furnace and earthquakes. Down there where they were, then the trumpet sounded so long that even until Moses spoke, he had to speak. You, there was a sound sounding for so long until Moses spoke. And then after him, God himself answered. So God spoke to Israel from Mount Sinai. But warn them in very, every possible way, stay away, don't come nearer here. So it was a mountain of the law and a promise of warning not to come near it. We are urged, therefore, here not to dwell on the law, on rules of men, and too much liturgical norms. This is because snakes of fear and guilt can still bite if we operate there. If we fail to obey, to obey the rules because we can never obey the rules. A human being will never obey all the rules of men. Even the constitution. This is why we have courts. This is why we have prisons. Because we cannot obey them. And if we continue spiritually to put ourselves in the prison of rules and norms, we will never. Look, 40 years Israel was still obeying, disobeying God and not yet in Canaan. Look at us 20, 20 years after Christ and Israel still hasn't yet believed. Hang on, they are still hanging on the law. People are still bound in denominations even today and cults of rules and norms. And we seem to like those ones. We seem to prefer cults where we have specifically spiritual leaders who say you do this, you dress like this, you do this, and you cannot break it. Faith has taken us to another level of immunity and privilege as sons of God. Excuse me. The blood of Jesus 
has actually given us an adoption to a new spiritual Israel. And this is where we are. So this is where we are. But we have come unto Mount Zion, the mountain of mercy. We've come away from Mount Sinai, the mountain of terror and nobs. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ by faith, now we have come to Mount Zion, which is the mountain of mercy. Mount Zion is not the mountain of terror, of law and punishment. It is a mountain of mercy. This is where the ark of God's covenant was set up. Remember, Mount Sinai is the Ten Commandments. Mount Zion is the ark of the covenant being set there. And, and the idea here, this is where the ark of which was set up, actually in Jerusalem, which is called the city of David. The ark and the tabernacle symbolized God's mercy and actually signified, or it's called here, a copy of divine grace, which is to come. That time it was not there, but it was a symbol that in a time like now, there would be a dispensation of divine grace. So these were copies of Christ in his mercy and the cross, his sacrifice. So the tabernacle represented the cross which was yet to come. And the cross was about his sacrifice. But also the ark signified Christ being carried and taken and going along with him. Having him lead you like the ark of the covenant was supposed to lead the people. So Christ was going to come in the form of his mercy, the merciful God. So we have already come to this place, my brothers and sisters. This is a joy. So for Israel... It was things to come. But the writer of Hebrews is telling us, we are already here, praise the Lord. This is my joy. This is my celebration that Abednego is already there. This is the assurance. This is what we are studying today. This is where we are. The believer is already there. Adam was not there. Daniel was not there. The great David was not there. But Abednego is there now. Praise the Lord. We have already entered that place by grace, the place of grace that carries us beyond the poisonous snakes, beyond the sting of imprisoning our sin, and beyond our backslidings to a place of no more condemnation, to a place of refreshment and restoration, to a place of rest. This is where we have come. No more condemnation. I am now a brother in the Lord. Probably a former thief, but you are now a child of God. Probably a former prostitute, but that was then. Now you stand before the Lord as a child of God. No more condemnation because we have already come to the mountain of mercy. Oh, praise the Lord. And this is why we are all equal. We don't even have to dig where you came from. We sit here, brothers and sisters, equal children of the Father, cleansed. We have just come from a laundry, the laundry of the blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter. But the snake wants to bite. They want to remind us where we come from. So this is where we are. But now as we look at verses 23 to 24, we come to the next P, which is the people we have become. So we have become a glorious community. We have become a glorious community. That's the subtitle. We have come to a place of mercy, number one. Number two, we have become a glorious community. 
We are now in the city of the living God. This is what we hear here. We have come to the city of the living God, which is the heavenly Jerusalem. There was no city at Mount Sinai. Why? It was actually in the desolate desert of where? Of Egypt. Remember, that was Egypt. In Zion, actually, there was a city of King David. There was a city of King David. Jerusalem, the city of God, now associated with heaven. The earthly Jerusalem was the center of, of, God's, of God's earthly people. But the heavenly Jerusalem, which our eyes of faith can now see, is actually the home of God's spiritual people. It is even better. Mount Zion was better than Mount Sinai. But now we have another mountain, spiritual mountain of Zion, which is the city of Jerusalem. But not that city king of King David. It is now the city of the living God. We are living in a better season. It is a city of spiritual realities. And God's people are the raw materials. Did you hear that? God's people are actually the raw materials and elements which the Lord is building, using to build together through hardening, through hardening and panel beating, through corona, through cancer, through diabetes, through divorce, through marital problems, family problems, through career problems. Raw materials that he has sometimes to chop a little bit. And sometimes pruning along the journey of faith. And we are already in the spiritual city by faith in the finished work of the cross. This way we have become members of Christ's glorious society. And the order of our faith, who is the Lord Jesus Christ... By his faith, because he is the one who teaches to believe. He has confidence that we can make it. He believes that we shall conquer and make it. And as he does that, he's putting labels of names in the mansions above. Our names are written in the civic records of heavenly Jerusalem. And our citizenship is in heaven. My brother Patrick, your name is being labeled. I attended a seminar in Sumo, and some people did not know how to announce, to pronounce my name very well, and, and even spell it Abednego. So I went looking, and I realized in, around the high table, there was a name called, uh, written, Aber, Abermenego. Abermenego. And when I asked, I was told, this, sir, is your seat. And I realized that although they did not know my name well, they were thinking about me. I was in Nairobi, but they were busy typing great names to put on the high table, Abermenego. But my Christ in heaven knows my name very well. He does not misplace, mis, 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 misspell my name. He knows Abednego. He knows me by my name. And he's busy putting a label in heaven. There is a place that he is preparing. When he says, I have gone to prepare a place for you, he is putting a label. This is what the writer is saying. Their names are actually encrypted. They are enrolled because our citizenship is in heaven. We may look weird sometimes, my brothers and sisters, sometimes, sometimes abnormal in, the, in these earthly cities. Because of our tastes. Because of the taste of the clothes we go for. 
because of the lifestyle we go for, because of the things that we deny ourselves. And therefore, brothers and sisters, our citizenship is in heaven, not here. This is why it is okay not to behave like you belong here. You can enjoy this life, but behave like you are a citizen in heaven. My brothers and sisters, the place we go to, our social lives must be different. You must understand this, that our citizenship is not here. It is in heaven. Our names are there. Abednego is there. I know my relatives. I know where I was born. But little do they know that through the blood of Jesus Christ, I have been enrolled in heaven. They don't know me very well. They know my, my surname. They know my birth name. But there is something that has happened to me that I am a citizen of heaven. We may look therefore weird, but it is okay. One day Christ shall, one day Christ shall descend from on high, coming to disconnect the spiritual community from these earthly cities. We may live in Nairobi. We may live in Mulongo. We may live in Malaysia. But one day... Our law shall descend from on high. And because we don't belong here, he will disconnect us from then. Meanwhile, brothers and sisters, let us continue to live as if we don't belong here. Let us continue to live as if we are aliens. As if this is not our place. Let's continue to live for Christ. And he also says that we are already in the innumerable company of angels. These angels mentioned are also inhabitants of a city of God and are actually attendants of the heirs of salvation. Did you hear that? They, they are also in heaven. And what are, they, what are they doing? They attend to the heirs of salvation. We, are come, we have come to, the, to their ministry already. We don't have to wait until we get to heaven. The writer here says, once we come to Christ, we are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now we are already there. We already come to their ministry. We are uh, canvas about with them as ministering spirits. And even though we don't see them, they attend to us when spiritual snakes lie in wait on danger and sin. I don't know what will happen to you on Thursday. I don't know what snares and traps the devil has for you on Friday, even for myself. I preach here after this, we, we say hi to one another, we go. I don't know what he has in store for me, even as I drive my car. These roads are very bad. These careless drivers are too, they're too careless. I don't know. But one thing I know, that I have already come to the ministry of the angels. They attend to me when spiritual snakes lie in wait on dangers and sin. But we, that is not all. Actually, we fascinate them. So here, they minister to us, but we also fascinate them. How? We fascinate them with our faith. They, we, because we become the objects of the Lord's redeeming love, which they have never experienced at a personal level. They have never. And they are part of the cloud of witnesses that are cheering us, watching us, saying, you have come to a place we have never been. You are the object of the redeeming love of God. Us, we are only commanded, but you are redeemed and loved. That's the privilege 
of our new glory as association, association with the heavenly city of God. But we are already part of the general assembly and the church of the firstborns, which are written in heaven. Our register in heaven has been merged. Did you hear that? It has been merged to include the saints of all ages. We are many, therefore. It is an assembly. We are many. We are a great assembly of believers. We are already standing with Abel. Abel, we are already standing with Moses. We are there by faith, by faith. Abednego is here in Rongai. And Moses is in heaven. But by faith, because of what Christ has done, Abednego is already standing in the great assembly with Abel. And you are standing there with Moses and Elijah, Malachi. You are there with Paul. We are there standing with Maurice Cerullo and the living saints. You are there with Pastor Allenberg of South Africa. You are already there with uh, Pastor Dollar. You are there already with a person, the brother in Nyeri and the brother in Ethiopia and Uganda. We are a great assembly. This general assembly is called the firstborns because we share inheritance with the firstborn Jesus. This is the idea. That the firstborn is Jesus Christ. We share in his inheritance. Therefore, we are an assembly of the firstborns. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Woo! I am part of this assembly of the firstborns. I am not the secondborn. I am firstborn in heaven in terms of inheritance of that which Christ has already. So, this is the idea. He's our, he's our elder brother. So, wha what he is in Jerusalem, we have become. And what he has, we have already achieved by faith. And this is the privilege of our association with a cloud of witnesses. And this is why I don't care what people say about me. I know I have challenges and weaknesses just like you. But I don't really worry what they say. I am part of the great assembly of believers in heaven. And my name is written there. And I am a firstborn. We have come to God, the judge of all. God judged Israel for every sin they committed. They deserved punishment. But God, the consuming fire, consumed Jesus on the cross for all our sin penalty. Christ, the mediator of the New Testament, came from heaven. He lived among us. He consumed the wrath of the Father and has brought us to that glory of the Father's presence. And now we are the people of God's presence. This is where we are. Christ has presented us to the Father in whom we now are. And I remember his intercession. You remember? He said, Father, I pray that these little ones will never get lost. In fact, he even said, I pray that they may be one in us. So that we may be one in them. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the believer. It is like the Trinity now includes the believer, those who are in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the work, of Je the work Jesus did on Mount Zion satisfied the justice of God and brings forth the spirits of men made perfect. But, but we have also come to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the, that of Ab Abel. Now please listen to this. Sprinkling here refers to the daily provisions of Christ's priesthood for our acceptance. Okay? And there seems to be a slight difference between the blood shed and the blood sprinkled. Did you hear that? There is a difference between the blood shed and the blood sprinkled. This is why it is not in vain for him to mention this sprinkling here. 
The former, which is the blood shed, is about atonement. But the latter, which is the blood sprinkled, may mean Christ daily. Daily application of grace in sanctifying us. And keeping us from the power of sin. As we see in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Through his mighty power at work in us. Abel's blood, which was, he was the first human to offer sacrifice. This is why it's mentioned here. His blood was from animals, but the blood of Jesus was from a divine body. But the blood has a voice. The blood cries. This is why we say, please don't shed people's blood. Please don't walk with blood in your hands. Blood cries. This is why murder, when you kill somebody, you are likely to be caught sooner or later because the blood cries. The blood of Abel cried for justice against his murderer. He, it was saying, bring justice or bring vengeance. But the blood of Jesus Christ was crying. Up to this time, it's crying saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they say. Amen. He was uh, seeking pardon for his murderer. He was saying, bring mercy. Father, bring your mercy. Abel's blood avails for justification, but Christ's blood avails sanctification, cleansing us from the guilt and daily power of sin. And its voice is therefore better. Its message is therefore superior. That is the immunity we have come to as we entered Christ. In conclusion, believer, Fear not. Panic not. Whatever happens in this journey, fear not. Christ is a place of mercy. Christ is a captain of this glorious society, which is leading to a glorious heavenly city of the living God. Entering in him, in total faith, gives us, gives you power to operate above the spiritual snake line. Along this journey of faith. Entering inside Christ and walking in him. You may have nothing else. But if you have Christ, you have it all. Pains can endure for a night. But joy shall come in the morning. We have a redeemer who lives. We will not be deterred by the things that happen as we climb the mountain of Zion, the mountain of mercy. We will not be discouraged. We will not panic. We will not stop, stop serving the Lord. Even when we are limping, we will continue serving the Lord. Even when our hands become feeble and our knee, they, become, they, they hang down and our knees are feeble, we will not fear. We will operate above the snake line where we have been brought to the place of mercy. And we have become special, important, a glorious community. That is the goal of faith, operating above the snake line. Keep me faith. Lord, give me faith that is stronger and faith that is higher. That I can sing like the singer who said, I'm going to hide right under the blood where the devil will, will do me no harm. I'm going to hide right 
under the blood. I'm gonna hide right under the blood. I'm gonna hide right under the blood. Well, the devil can do me no harm, 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 no harm. Jesus. Thank you for the finished work of the cross. Thank you for being a great leader of the glorious community. You know no defeat and defeat is not part of your vocabulary. You are a great warrior. You fight for us. And we can say like Job, I know my Redeemer liveth. Whatever happens on the way, you water ours, our, our roots. Munyunyizi wangu nakupenda. Munyunyizi wangu nakupenda. Oni nyunyuzi aye maji. Wakati wa ukame. And just in case you do not have this Savior, you have a chance to accept the Lord today and to tell him come into you so that you can be part of the glorious community. May the Lord accept your prayer. 
May the Lord save you today. May the Lord give you power to change and come to him. May the Lord receive you today as you welcome him into your heart. And may today be the day of salvation for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Again, as we come to a close of the service. And now let us just stand up together as we finish. And wherever you are, even in your house, please stand up so that we finish together. I want to say this prophetic prayer to you. I don't know what it means to you, but we will know that the Lord wanted it spoken for you and for your life this week. May the Lord, therefore, watch over you. May the Lord walk with you this week. May the Lord fight for you. May the Lord remove those snares that the devil made lay ahead of you. May the Lord show his love where love fails. May the company of angels minister to you. May you enjoy waters that you never dug because the Lord has already done it for you. May the Lord strengthen you and restore you. May your hands become stronger and your knees stronger so that you may pray. May the Lord give you a new hope and a new answer. May the Lord turn your mess into a message. And may the Lord give you joys and tears of joy that replace the tears of pain. On Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and may we see you on Sunday. It is good and it is well because the Lord loves you. In the name of God, who is the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. And God bless. Let's give a clap unto the Lord. Amen. Amen.